0: a perfect fit and god really has has challenged us to to be the perfect fit together to be this thing called church that we we call church like not just open life but like the big C church in the world and and we've looked at that through a few different lenses like we've defined the church and said the church is like a body or the bride of Christ it's talked about in scripture that it's this it's really you and me together our church church is not a building luckily because we're in a school if if like church was a building and we were in a school I think maybe we had it all wrong right We, we wouldn't really be one But it's just, we come together, we're a church. And the the weirdest challenge and what we've been unpacking over the last few weeks is that you are a unique fit and God designed you to do your own special work and do it in a healthy way, in a growing way, and today, full of love. We're going to look at how do you do this thing called church full of love. It's out of Ephesians 4.16 that we've been camped on, and it says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And uh, this thought, full of love, to me, has, has really been a fun challenge to look at because you might think, well, I... Church is healthy if we're just full of people, right? Like that's a healthy church, if we're full of people. Or church is healthy if we're full of generosity. Or church is healthy if we multiply and we're in all communities. Or church is healthy, but the challenge here is that you're healthy, growing, and full of love. In another place in Scripture, it's not in your notes or on the screen, but it says this, in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, if I could speak all the languages of earth and angels, but did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but did not love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I'd have gained nothing. I think love's pretty important. I think it's a real mission-critical element of this puzzle. And so we look at the truth That it wasn't just growth or a full church that Jesus went to the cross for. He went to the cross because God sent him because he so loved the world. That he was so for humanity that he sent his son to walk in to a moment in history that changed everything. That's what we get to celebrate. God did not send his one and only son so that we could have better lights or better sound systems or more chairs or chairs versus pews or steeples versus front entrances versus back entrances. I don't know how we had, you know, it's just the reality that he sent his son because of people, the church, you. This week was an interesting one. With the news that caught my attention, knowing this talk was coming, and I'm going to kind of be talking a little bit about how God didn't just come for growth or just so that we could have big bodies of churches. I, I saw this article this week that there's a huge body of garbage in the Pacific Ocean. Anybody see that? It's like the garbage patch. And it's three times the size of the state of Texas, this big, huge pile of garbage in between California and Hawaii that is growing exponentially. And, and obviously, there's a lot of people freaking out about it. And, uh, and you just go to imagine, like, oh, that's bad for, like, the, the, the world around it. That's bad. It's mainly plastic, they say. Um, it, it's growing daily. It, it's made of things that will last. It's, it shows up on maps and radars now. It's, but it's this huge garbage patch. Not like a livable place yet. Who knows? Maybe it'll become a continent or something. But you just, you know, it's full of things that will jeopardize the life around it, under it. It's negatively impacting the ocean. And it just kind of made me think, size isn't all that matters. It doesn't matter if we could just gather a crowd. If we need to gather together as those who are pursuing, figuring this Jesus thing out, and it's the love that wells up within us and overflows into the community around us that is really what makes a difference as to whether we're just a big, huge, unhealthy mass or whether we're a healthy mass that is making a difference in the community around us. It just really made me consider that. John 13, 34-35 says, Now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Wow, Jesus, that's just like you. you, He did some pretty incredible things. That's where we have the opportunity to open up the Bible in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and say, what did Jesus do? Because really, that's how he wants us to. To be behaving in the world around us. Healthy, growing, full of love, right? When was the last time somebody accused you of being loving? Have you ever thought about these? These are just, uh, you, you try to process that and go, let me think. Like, When was the last time somebody pointed out that you were full of love? It could come in maybe two, a couple different forms that I was thinking of. One is maybe you were left out of something. Maybe somebody didn't include you in something, a conversation, a dialogue, uh, an action, because they knew you just wouldn't be into it because you're just too much for people. (laughs) Like, you're too loving of a person you wouldn't have uh, have charged the, the castle with that group, you know? Maybe it was a conversation that was a gossip about somebody, and they were tearing somebody down, and of course they didn't invite you in, and maybe you even felt left out. But now thinking about it, it was probably a compliment that you weren't invited into that conversation. Or maybe not. right now you're realizing, oh, shoot, I was invited into that conversation. Maybe I need to be marked by love a little more to not be involved. Maybe another place that you would recognize is you've been complimented for being loving. What, what might that look? Well, proud dad moment last night at Menchie's after my 11, not she's not 11, but 10-year-old daughter uh, just finished the play Jungle Book. We're eating and, and a family comes up and says, Jaden. And, and she's like, yeah, she's like, our daughter just has been talking about you during this production just says you're one of the nicest loving kids on the planet you know and, and I was and you could just see words of affirmation we're just feeding the love language of this daughter of mine and she is just the smile just went from ear and like wrapped all the way around the ear you know and it was just awesome to watch she was glowing all of a sudden you just go and I was just going that's my girl, right? That's my proud dad moment right there. She didn't know that I was giving this talk and talking, even having this thought in here. Maybe it's through a compliment. But maybe you're that person that you're just somebody's like, thank you. You're always like somebody I can come to when things are rough. That's love. That's like they're sensing you have this quality. You see all these marches yesterday across our nation, and, and it was inspiring. I actually welled up with a tear when I heard the great-granddaughter of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, quoting, you know, I have a dream on the radio, and I'm just going, oh, that was a man. You know, and you're just, it's inspiring to watch masses of humanity unite around causes, and they've taken action where there's inaction. But it did make me consider still about what could flip the story. What if students were going into their campuses armed with love? What if they're determined to go into their classes and make sure that outcast, that person who's just never been included, will never not be included again? It could change the world around us. Love can change the world around us when we're for people more than we're against them. Well, our big idea today is God wants his church to be proven by love. He wants his church to be proven by love. He wants us to be identified. Like somebody could point and say that is the church Jesus wanted to happen because of the proof they love. That is what scripture challenges us to do. This week, maybe you saw the, the scary news about what was happening in Austin, Texas, and there was a, uh, a person that was bombing at different random locations, and all the law enforcement agencies came together from around the country and were madly racing after clues to figure out who was just randomly Allowing these packages to show up at people's houses, and it was really interesting watching these articles, knowing that today, Jaden and Danny are flying out to Austin. I'm like, you sure you want to go? <laughs> you know, and uh, it was at the beginning of the week that they finally found him. And you look at this, and well, what did they do? Well, they tracked the clues they began to find video footage and they began to ask enough questions and people had testimony to seeing someone leave a package. And I began to think, well, how would the investigation go on your love? What if all the agencies that were coming to determine whether you're full of love began to to, to take the surveillance footage of the stores and the restaurants you've been in and, and, and how you interacted with the person who was serving you on the other side of a table or a counter or in your work or on your commute. Like, how were they treated by you? Where's there clues that you're full of love? Would they then think that you're part of this crazy, radicalizing group that meets at the high school At Bonnie Lake, that is radicalizing you to actually think of and consider being loving to all people. Would they tie it back to open life and go, this place is dangerous. Because they're training people how to love, right? I was just processing going, would they find a trail? I think that's the way Jesus would have wanted it. And that's the way the early church began, and that's why they were accusing them. Wait, you've been with Jesus, haven't you? Didn't I see you with him when he multiplied the fish and the loaves? Didn't I see you with him when he healed this person? Didn't I see you with him? You've been with him, right? They could tell people had been with Jesus. And I hope when you leave here and you go into your neighborhood, you go into your school, you go into your workplace, people can tell because you're full of love. Right? Thought number one today. The way that we get there, there's a few ideas here. The first one is, allow yourself to be loved. You've got to allow yourself to be loved first. First John 4.19 says, we love each other because he loved us first. Speaking of Jesus. So he loved us first. If we can allow ourselves to be loved, if we can look in the mirror and go, man, he still loves me no matter what I just did. No matter what I did five years ago, ten years ago. He loves me. He loves my future. He loves my present. Like who I am now, I don't have to clean up for Jesus to love me. He loves me right this second. It's an interesting thought. You can't decide to love like Jesus demonstrated and challenged us to love without allowing him to love you first. You can't do this on your own strength, loving people. Because there's just people that in the natural, you can't love. Be it personality differences, be it uh, value differences, be it whatever. There's going to be some people that just... To you, you're going, really? God, did you really mean this person needs to be loved? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if you can figure out how to love all people, you're going to have this life that is, like, rich. But you have to allow... Jesus love to sink into you first and really fill you up so that you can then overflow with love for others. In fact, the most dangerous person to love in the world is you. Because if you can love yourself, all things are possible. There's like no foothold for the enemy to put that doubt in your mind that no, not you really couldn't i mean this is a nice this is a nice talk thad's giving this is really your inner voice right the nice talk that's a nice talk Thad's giving but you can't love no that's you can you right from where you're at no matter where you're at on your faith journey you can begin to be a better human that loves other humans it's dangerous to be vulnerable it's dangerous to admit we're not perfect and start to be active in loving others. Because, wow, if you can love through imperfection and and be open with your weaknesses and love others, then all of a sudden, it's like, nothing can stop you. It's dangerous to trust the people around you, that they're actually genuine in their love, and that it's not a facade. Like, okay, I've I've gone to church and they greeted me with a smile on the way in, but they just had to because they were a greeter. Are they really that genuine? I love those conversations. Yeah but I'm just worried that at some point they're going to turn against me two years later. I'm still worried that at some point they're not this dangerous. I was like, well, how have the last two years gone? And they're, they're, were they genuine the last two years? Yeah, but I'm still waiting. At some point you're going to say something weird and that's going to be the problem day. You know, it's like, no, it's really just just love and genuine. It's 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 not going to change. Same Bible. It's been the same for a long time. So it's like, you know, But we do that to ourselves. We put this, 1 Thessalonians 2.8, it's the verse this church started on. Life first, it it says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. Jesus was filled with this kind of love. He was filled with love for people because he did life among them. He connected with the communities he served. He walked among the crowds and the cities. And as he was serving people he listened and noticed the needs and met those needs. He impacted the people around him. He didn't love them because they were perfect. He loved them because they were people. And that's The same attitude he has for you and me right now. We must allow the people around us, their stories, to impact us. To like get inside of our emotional quotient. I mean, when you listen to this language and we loved you so much. I mean, you'd become so dear to us. That means like the stories are going to begin to to matter to us. Like we are going to hurt when people hurt, and we're going to rejoice when people rejoice. And when we allow that to interact with the truths we know, that's a loving, full of love group of people that can make a difference in the world. If we just come at everything with truth, we may be a little harsh in the world we live in, and seen as harsh. But when we are genuinely tied in relationally with the community around us and loving. Man, they might not be like you. They might not have similar values. They might not dress like you or talk like you or use the same words you use. But boy, you're going to love them so much that you can't help but share not only the gospel but your life as well. Thought two, express your love through serving. Express your love through serving. Galatians 5.13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another and love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So you've loved yourself, you've allowed yourself to be loved And now it's the opportunity, it's that time where you now get to take that love and serve others out of it. That's the foundation to serve others. You can read in James 2, another book in the New Testament, where it says, show me your love by just your faith, your faith just as like an act of the mindset, and I will show you my faith in what I do. Like, love is an action. That action is servants. It's service. It's somehow serving those around you. You must not just smile at someone and shake their hand, get to know them, like open a door for somebody, extend love. What does love look like? The extension of love. Maybe it's. you're going to let somebody into the lane in front of you when it says merge instead of being in such a hurry that you nudge the bumper right. You know, what I, It's like, what does love look like in the world? Um, okay, take in the church. Love might look like someone handing you a worship guide when you walk in versus making you grab your own. Love might look like somebody helping you check in To a computer, even though it's totally like we know you can, we know you know your own name and can type your own name into a computer and print your own name, but we just want to be able to serve or say hi or have a dialogue. We know that that you know how to hold a baby, but what if we provide a place where we can hold your baby in a nursery? And it's not just holding a baby, it's loving parents enough to give them an hour off. what if it's not just preschool or nursery, but we actually think this is the critical hour and ten minutes where we can serve people's children and pour this love of Jesus into their life and that they can discover as well as you the opportunity to be identified with Christ and choose to follow Jesus and have this life to the full that we're promised. Like that's love. It's serving. It's making great coffee. It's It's having water, and today, donuts. Like, God loves donuts. He's got to. Because he loves the desire of our heart, and if I desire to eat some of those... Okay, anyway, stretching. Stretching that scripture. Um, Sometimes serving looks like buying the coffee for the person behind you in line. At whatever place you, you choose to get your coffee. Uh, letting someone go in front of you so you open the door so that they can get to the line first. <laughs> Doing the dishes when it's not even your turn to do the dishes. Oh man, there's there's some rough teaching right there. That could that could be rough later when I get back to that. Or maybe it's filling a stranger's gas tank. You just feel you're there and, and you see somebody trying to figure, and they're fumbling through their wallet, and you're just like... I, I got you. That's what? You know? um, Maybe it looks like weeding across the property line. Yeah, like, you know, in our house we have this common rock line. And so it's like, man, I'm going to weed to the other side of it. Even though I could go right down the middle of the rocks and just let the... Even if this person allows their dog to poop in my... Well, anyway... Is this getting close to home. Uh, Love might look like letting your twin sister wear those brand new jeans that you've yet to even put on, knowing the highest probability exists that they will be torn or spilled on. Is that too close to home, anybody? Anyway, so, uh, you know, it's that challenge of, what does love look like, students? Love looks like going to that other student that sitting alone at lunch, that looks down, that looks frustrated with life, and inviting them to have a seat with you, even though your friends might tease you, will give you a bad time about it. But all of a sudden, you make a difference in your lunchroom, your neighborhood, looking for those that are alone. You serve who you love. And you love... When you serve, just as natural. So serving is never a have to thing, it's a get to thing. Oh, do we have to go to church? You get to go to church, right? That doesn't, I don't really have those voices in our house, but you know, if we did, I ew, you know, Jimmy Fallon, gotta love that guy. Thought three. Love plus serving equals life. Love plus serving equals life. John 10.10 says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. A rich and satisfying life. It's better to give than receive. And we kind of figure that out over the course of life. But when you share love out of the overflow and you're not giving out of a void, like overextending yourself. But when you like are so filled with love that you give out of an overflow, you experience like this element of life that I don't know how others go on living without that. It's just that sense of fulfillment. Like, I just made a difference now in all of humanity because I loved somebody. Love, serve, life, right? And I just look at that and I go, you can expect more out of life. You can experience more out of life when you're loving and when you're mixing, serving in as the action out of that love. That's what leads to abundant life, whatever your translation says there. Life to the full, rich and satisfying life. It says as well in 1 Timothy 6, 17, "...teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good." They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be uh, storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. True life. Aren't you glad that God paved a way so simply for us to experience True life, or maybe, again, if you have a different translation of the Bible that you have open on your device, or physically it might say, so that you can have a life that's worth truly living. That's what God wants for you. True life awaits us. I started using a hashtag on Instagram and Twitter that's love, serve life. This week. And just the thought of in those moments identifying this is one of those times. Like we just had this opportunity to love and to be in a place of service to the community. And and man, this thing that I'm feeling inside right now, life. I was just hoping, man, I, I want to identify those moments to model this is what it is. To just be a person loving other people. To be in places where we're giving of our strengths for the betterment of those around us, for the communities around us. Loving, serving, and it leads to life. Love, serve, life. Because that's what fills us up. And when we're full, something beautiful happens. Our action point today, be full of love. Because only when you're full can you do what's next. It's challenged in 1 Thessalonians 3.12. It says, may the Lord make your love for one another and for All people grow and overflow. Just as our love for you overflows. What does it look like to overflow? I mean, have you seen the terrible rains that happen and people are really nervous about the dams giving way and they start, you know, the impact it's going to have downriver of an overflowing dam or a breach dam or a broken one. It's bad. It's, it's like it just can make such an impact. But what if that was a good thing that it overflowed? What if all of a sudden we realize oh yeah, I need to be filled up with love because there's a lot of love needed out there and God has promised that I would live a life more fully if I overflow with love in the world around me. In my neighborhood, in my work, you know, we, it's easy to challenge students to find that other student at their campus sitting alone. But what does that look like for, for, the adults in the room? That person may be sitting on the commuter train by themselves on a consistent basis, and you just realize I've never said hi, but I see them like every day. And we stretch outside of our own strengths and and. Personality trait and introvertedness and we kind of go, okay, Holy Spirit, this is where I need your strength welling up within me because you've said, if I love, life to the full. Like that's where life is at. In this action, if I just have the courage to walk across the room, I'm going to have a more fulfilling experience in life. Maybe that's at work and that same coworker that is by themselves in the corner because maybe they drive everybody nuts but the Holy Spirit in you loves them and wants you to love them when we start to look at our life more on mission for God like that it can, it can change us to be full of love it's easy to put it on it's easy to put on full of love on a Sunday and, and and even genuinely be full of love for each other but wow when that overflows out into our neighborhoods that's when true life takes off so that's what I want to pray over you today that's what I want to pray happens this week as we reflect on what Jesus did on the cross for us and then when we come back next week, we've invited our neighbors, our family, our friends to celebrate Easter and the story of Jesus and they come to hear how much God is for them and how much he loves them in a very clear manner the gospel it would just be that secondary proof because they learned about Jesus proven by your love I'm going to pray that we would be incredible loving people Lord Lord thank you for the opportunity we have to rent a school and talk about jesus not just talk about and learn about jesus but allow you to change and challenge and transform our life i pray that right now lord you would well up the love within us like if we feel that our love quotient for ourselves is low May we allow ourselves to be loved today by you. May we embrace this love of God for our life that you sent in Jesus. May we say, Jesus, I want to embrace you as my lord and savior and i want to follow you and lord may we sense that love quotient rise within us and from that moment lord may we begin to be strengthened in love and maybe it's right actions bring right emotions that we just begin to serve people more faithfully but lord i pray that you would well up that love so fully that it begins to overflow love serve life And that God, that life that we begin to experience, we'll realize that's what you went to the cross for. Not just so that we can have a promise of eternal life, but that we can live life to the full right now, today. God, as we take Easter invites with us today, and we say to our our neighbors, our family, hey, will you join me next week to celebrate Easter at Open Life?" God, I pray for those who walk through the doors for the first time, just as every Sunday people walk through the door for the first time. May we be a great demonstration of love to them. But I pray that, Lord, that love that proves you would occur all week long in their world through those that are sitting here today. God, I thank you for this opportunity we've had. Strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.